0: Episode 234, Jason Sircone, host of Solo Podcasting Simplified. My favorite mistake is what brings me to what I do today. I'm Mark Rabin. This is my favorite mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes because we all make mistakes. But what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is the place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth, and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. To learn more about Jason, his podcast, his services, and more, look for links in the show notes or go to markgravencom slash mistake234. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to my favorite mistake. I'm Mark Raven. Our guest today is Jason Sircone. He has nearly a decade of experience in the podcast world. Jason's built his brand around the consumptive power of storytelling and simplifying podcast initiatives. So he helps results driven business leaders and professionals create engaging, impactful solo podcasts, not interviews like this, but solo podcasts. We'll talk about that and more today. He has hosted, produced, or guest on guested on more than 1,000 episodes. So Jason, with that and with my stumble, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Mark, it's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm doing great.
1: Other than allergy season sneaking up on me a little later than it normally does and having its way
0: with me today, I'm doing very well. So all things considered. (laughs) All right. Well, good. These things happen. It's either allergies or smoke in the air, depending on what part of the country. Um that you're in. So Indeed. itchy eyes, sneezing. Hopefully, we'll get through this. <laughs> we'll Indeed. give it a try. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> um, maybe it's a solo podcast, it's easier to stop, pause, edit, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it I think honestly, you can do that in this type of environment as well. As long as you're not live streaming and you do some editing on the back end, anything like that,
0: no one really needs to hear about it when it goes live. Fair enough. So people may <laughs> or may not. Detect and edit if there is the need for it. So um if there's a sneezing fit. I I'm not one on editing out mistakes, but a sneezing fit or something or a cough, we won't subject people to that. Fair enough. I'll do my best to keep it all inside. <laughs> okay, me too. Me too. <laughs> um, so there's a lot we can talk about here today, uh Jason, about podcasting. I'm certainly as a podcaster and a podcast guest. Um Curious to pick your brain on all of that, but as as we do here, I'm not going to let you off the hook with the question that we always get into first. You know, with different things you've done in your career, what would you say is your favorite mistake? My favorite mistake
1: is what brings me to what I do today. So, I think I would have probably landed in this space in some way shape or form if this hadn't happened, but it was absolutely a mistake and it all has worked out for the best. So, Let me take you back in time. Picture it 1998, University of Pittsburgh in Bradford, Pennsylvania, little branch campus. It's in the town where I grew up. So that was where I attended college. And I got into the communications program and they had a radio station. And I got into radio at that point and absolutely loved it. And did my show for pretty sure it went through the full four years and different iterations. But nevertheless, Thought about pursuing radio as a career, but it never really panned out. So fast forward, after taking a number of different paths in my career, I was working in the beer space, and this is now 2015. I had moved from Bradford, PA, to Pittsburgh, PA, where I'm located now, and launched a craft beer advocacy blog. And the idea was at the time to give some notoriety and just respect to these little tiny breweries that were just starting to make some noise. There was this groundswell of all these little independent businesses starting to rise up and take over the drinking culture. And I was encountering a lot of people that were not so much against it. They just didn't know. They didn't understand what was going on and what these businesses were trying to do. So started this blog. And from that, I also decided to launch an app. The app was designed to connect drinkers in Pittsburgh to all these different events and happenings and beer releases and ultimately just give them one destination on their phone where they could find out what was going on and get out of the house and go have some fun. And the idea got some momentum, and I had some partners join me. A lot of the breweries and restaurants and bars got into it, and we're having a great time, and I did this obnoxious three-week countdown to when the launch of the app was coming, and the day the app goes live... I get a troll on Twitter, just absolutely mm. tearing me down for everything that I was doing. Yeah,
0: not like troll, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, well, no, not right? so or, much anonymous. No?
1: I mean, no? He was out there. I mean, I mean, this guy had a presence, but I had I did not know who he was. Okay. So, and having never dealt with a troll before, mm-hmm. I probably engaged with him way too much. Mm, yeah. So conversation was breaking out and going back and forth and he's telling me all these things that i'm doing wrong and i need to be thinking about this and i'm sitting here and like dude you're not on my board but nevertheless you know i appreciate the feedback even though you're being a jerk about it and as i was conversing with him i just i am like, what does this guy do went to his profile and he hosted a beer podcast and It just so happened that a friend of mine and I had been kicking around ideas for a podcast. We just couldn't figure out what direction we wanted to go. And when I saw this guy was continuing to tear me down and he hosted a beer podcast, I called my friend and I said, I've got our idea. We are going to start a beer podcast and we are going to do it better than this guy. And my friend said, great. He loved beer too. He was on board. And we got equipment off of Amazon. We did no planning. I talked to one of my partners that I was that I had through my business and asked if we could record at their bar. They said, sure, come on up. So now we're set up to do our very first episode in a noisy bar. And it was trivia night. So it made it even noisier. And just all the things that I would advise anybody not to do now, we did it guns a-blazing. Yeah. And sat down, did our recording, did no editing, really so green and naive to the process. And threw this out on the internet and said we had a podcast. And immediately, I knew I had made a mistake in saying I was going to do it better than that guy. Because he was experienced. He had been doing it for a long time. But it all worked out because what that experience did was rekindle that passion for audio that I had when I did radio in college. And I knew podcasting was the next chapter in that journey. So I knew that that first episode was nothing to write home about. Mom was not going to hang that on the fridge. But I needed to continue to work at this because it lit me up. I knew I wanted to be a part of this world. And I continued to just work at it. We did that podcast as long as we could. I launched a second show on my own. And after just a few episodes, I decided to take some time off and really focus on just getting better, studying what other podcasters are doing, listening to radio personalities, television personalities. Just hearing how they communicate, tell stories, connect with their audience, I wanted to try to encapsulate as much of that as I could and develop my own voice from that. And that's what I did. And I put my attention on just learning for about a year and a half, jumped back in. I was much more successful with everything I did. And that morphed into me being able to help others leverage this platform in a positive way and get good results from it. So that mistake, if he hadn't have trolled me, (laughs) maybe. I wouldn't have gotten the ambition to start my own podcast. Like I said, probably at some point I would have caught on to this trend, but it was it happened for a reason and it's all panned out very well.
0: Wow. That I mean it's a great example of kind of in that category. And we can unpack. I mean, there were some, it sounds like some little mistakes within that that you learned from, but in the category of a mistake opening a new door or leading to a positive outcome. That's, that's, that's great to hear when that happens. Absolutely. Yeah. That was, again,
1: it wasn't that we started off thinking, oh yeah, we're going to have the greatest show in the world, but it was also one of those things that we didn't know what we didn't know. And I think a lot of it, you know, I think back on 2015, podcasting was not as evolved and advanced as it is today. And we were a beer podcast. So in my mind, I, I think that we believed we were getting a little bit of a pass for having these somewhat shit show type experiences for people, because you're drinking, you're enjoying life, you're having beers and talking about those things. Again, all of this, I look back on and say, you know, <laughs> had I do, had I had it to do all over again, I would probably changed that because I didn't keep the listener's experience in mind.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that it all started with like the, the mistake of engaging a troll and and right. i can think back to this is probably for me 2010 of having a troll and, and 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 not anonymous but like a professional circles kind of troll right? not somebody i knew not somebody i wanted to get to know based on you know <laughs> just kind of their attacking insulting kind of yeah. style and some of their 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 compatriots and 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 i remember now of like you know some heated exchanges. And I'm trying to remember, like, I don't think 2010 Twitter that you could mute or block somebody. I mean, I don't, I don't don't think blocking someone who disagrees with you is, (laughs) is, you know, jumping to that could be a mistake, but if someone's just being abusive, like you don't, you don't need to be subjected to that. Or Mm -hmm. like you said, there's that choice of engaging or not. I think, I think with anyone who's been online enough has hopefully learned From from their mistakes of uh, feeding the trolls, as they say. Right. Yeah. And I think it's
1: only escalated to a much larger degree in in 2023 as we sit and chat today. You think of what happens when you throw fuel on those types of flames. It just goes nuts. And then anybody that supports that troll, they're piling on and it just leads to this nonstop spiral of nonsense.
0: That's a good phrase. A non-stop spiral of nonsense. Um, somebody did did early reviews of your beer podcasts use that phrase.
1: <laughs> I honestly thinking back on that show, I don't even know if we got reviews because I would have to imagine it. I mean, it's not that it was bad. I mean, again, we were very inexperienced, we weren't sure about editing, we hadn't really Dove into the technical side of it. And these are, again, these are things that as I look back on it, knowing what I know now, I would have taken much more time to cultivate an idea, make sure that we had a targeted listener that we were speaking to, make sure that we had some basic editing skills so we could put something together that was easily listenable. There's a lot of things again. I, I don't regret the experience because I mean, not only did it introduce me to a lot of great people and help me make some just amazing connections and friends that I have to this day, but you have to start somewhere. And when you make those types of mistakes, you can let them beat you into the ground and just stay there and never get up, or you can evaluate them and say what are the positives within them in within this mistake so I can get back up tomorrow and attack with a little bit more knowledge just a little bit wiser a little bit smarter and that was how i looked at it i knew that i hadn't created anything magnificent but it was the starting point it was mm-hmm. the first building block in what was to be
0: a very long journey yeah and it seems like it might have been a mistake for you to give up after one episode of saying like you well, know i don't i don't know if it would have been a reasonable prediction of i'm going to be better than that guy right at the beginning. Cause I know like my first podcast that I ever did, this is going back to 2006, the sound quality is bad and there's a lot that I would Mm -hmm. like, you know, some of it was the technology. Some of it was how I was doing it. Um, But I mean, uh, at least it, I mean, I'll give you credit for not giving up and then going and digging in, doing the work, figuring it out, getting better. That's good. Well, I will say too,
1: I I know full well and can say with complete confidence today, that was my mindset. I was going to be better than that guy on the first try. That's just how full of piss and vinegar I was. And the fact that (laughs) this guy had decided to jump on me, I was going to show him, right? I was humbled within the first half hour. And I realized immediately, okay, no, you're, you're nowhere near this guy with years of experience. You're going to have to take some time to get better at this. If you do want to achieve that goal, you're gonna to have to keep working at this, but then eventually that became such a distant thought that I was podcasting for all the right reasons, and all of that became a memory. What a good story to tell on podcasts.
0: <laughs> today's yeah. day and age. Yeah. Um, how how often, and maybe the, we, we we can start talking about some of the uh, services and, and coaching that you provide to other podcasters. I mean, how how often do you think? A podcaster these days is making the mistake of kind of just winging it without doing the research, asking for help, or you know up upfront. Um, I mean, I, how often? I wonder how often that happens. There's a lot of podcasts that die for one reason or another after one or two or three episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, the numbers don't lie. And I feel that way too many people go into this very blind. And that's where someone like me, who's been doing this for nearly a decade and has the story I just told to fall back on and say, listen, this is where I screwed up in the beginning. Let me flatten that learning curve for you a little bit and help you realize what you need to have in place in order to start off strong and then remain consistent so you can keep growing. A lot of it comes down to mindset. If you are going into this thinking that the whole world is going to show up at your doorstep because you launched a podcast, you're going to be sadly right. mistaken. Right. right.
0: Probably unless you're already a
1: celebrity if it's one of those yeah.
0: podcasts, right? Well, that's that's like, yeah. the exception. Yeah. Yeah. You're, right.
1: you're right. everyday independent podcaster, small business owner, has a brand, wants to use podcasting to communicate with their audience, maybe attract new clients, attract new people into their ecosystem. They're starting from ground zero. Even if they've established an audience through social media or an email list, doesn't mean every single one of them is a podcast listener. So you can't look at those metrics and say, oh, okay, I've got 20,000 Facebook people, 15,000 people on my email list. That's how many podcast listeners I'll have. You're only going to get a small fraction of those numbers, and it takes time for your podcast to grow because you have to prove yourself. So if you get hung up on that download metric, which is the one that stares you in the face Mm -hmm. when you log Mm -hmm. into your your host platform, more than likely every single one of them. I've used two in my podcasting career. That number is the first one you see. I don't like it. I wish they'd move that to where it's not so visible because I think for the new podcaster that comes into this, they get fixated on that number and they instantly think it's not big enough. And all this work that they're putting into building this show isn't paying off because that download number doesn't reflect it have to block that out and you have to remember why you started your show and that's the first question you have to ask yourself why am i starting this podcast what do i want to achieve i guarantee you not one podcaster will answer you and if you ask them that question they don't answer i want downloads that's nobody's objective on the front end yet it's the one that throws so many people <laughs> off course right so you yeah. have to focus on why you're building this show and be willing to commit the time that's necessary to grow and like you said, Mark, many podcasters do walk away far too soon and the numbers support that. My objective with everything I do, whether it's coaching or being a guest on podcasts and having great conversations with you about the subject, is to help people realize that this is a long game. You're not you're not sprinting when it comes to building a podcast. You want to make sure that you are set for the long-term growth that your show needs. That's going to keep you passionate about it and ultimately take you to where you want to go with your podcast mm-hmm. efforts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I I love that you use um, in in some of the stuff you put out there, uh, calling download numbers "quote a skewed vanity metric." And that phrase "vanity metric" uh, comes from you know the lean startup uh, methodology, entrepreneurship circles, or maybe it's also a general. You know, kind of this general phrase, but you know, like yeah. what in the lean startup movement, Eric Reese, they what they refer to as a vanity metric is like something uh easily measurable that's not really your business model, right? So you're not getting paid per download. Like maybe you have advertising where that yeah. you have to be big enough to a point yeah. where downloads equals business model. Like I'll share for mm-hmm. my example, like I mean, I, I started my favorite mistake as a podcast a it was a pandemic project you know something mm-hmm. I thought good to do great opportunity to meet people like you and others mm-hmm. and my other guests and to learn and then for me you know that that turned into uh, you know into a book and there's there's a better business model around you know something like that as, as sure. my, my reminder of like the learning, the networking, the connections and then you know a book or speaking um, that for me that's my reminder.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of ways that you can monetize a podcast, but so many people, are want, they want to do it immediately. And I get it. I mean, that's how we're driven, right? We, I, I had conversations with my dad many times. How would you monetize it? It's like the first question. Okay, we haven't got to that point yet, and you have to do it in steps. And the goal is you're going to get there eventually. And with your podcast, yeah, you can monetize it before the first episode. Get some affiliates. Have that type of advertising in place versus just inserting a Geico ad that's going to pay you pennies on the dollar, if anything, because in the beginning, you don't have enough listeners to support having ads. And if you pepper your listeners with ads, they're probably not coming back for the next episode. So you've got to be incredibly strategic with how you do that. But if you're building content around your brand and you're using it as a method of communicating with your audience and potentially attracting new clients and supporting existing ones, that's monetization right there. Because that brings them into your circle to where you can provide the value of what you're really doing in your business. That's the biggest way to monetize, and that's probably the most in regards to a financial gain that you're going to see. Because advertisements, sponsorships, yeah, you might get something from that, but not as much as bringing somebody into your circle that becomes a loyal customer and then a loyal brand advocate who potentially refers you more business. That's what this platform is all about. If you truly leverage it the right way, it can bring you some tremendous gains.
0: Yeah. So to that you know professional end of a, a business owner or you know somebody who let's say you know, a speaker or somebody who's trying to establish or build, Exposure, credibility, what, what, what have you. I mean, it seems like of the different mistakes, and there are many, and I've made a lot of them, you know, different podcasting mistakes. It sounds like you're bringing up this question of uh, format choice. Mm-hmm. You know, why um, is, is the default then that people think, you no, know, I enjoy interviewing people, but does that seem sort of more like a default of people say, well, if I, if I start a podcast, I need to find guests, I need to interview people. It seems like you're kind of pointing to, there could be a better option.
1: I think, yes, there is that mindset of not being able to carry the conversation for the period of time that you want to hit. So you don't go the solo route, you go to the guest route to where you can have that conversation. And by definition, you're splitting the workload. Somebody else is going to come on and they're going to help you carry on a good conversation. And this is going to create content and it can be impactful and it can change the world. There's no doubt about that. There are so many podcasts are built this way. So I'm absolutely not breaking any ground in what I'm saying, nor am I saying that the model is broken. It really comes down to how do you want to position yourself? If you're bringing guests onto your show, more than likely you're positioning that guest to be the expert on the subject that you're talking about. Right. If you do a solo podcast and it's just you, who else is the expert? You're the only one in the room. So as listeners tune into that type of content and they get invested in what you're giving them, you are positioning yourself as the thought leader on that subject and that can make people more attracted to you and your brand and how you can bring transformation to their life. So I think a lot and I think back to my own experience. I remember when I sat down to do my first solo Podcast recording. I had done a few episodes with guests. I had my friend as a co host. So I was never alone until that moment. And I was a little intimidated because, for one, I wasn't confident in my editing skills. So I wasn't sure how I would screw or fix a screw up, fix a mistake. But I also wondered if I had enough time or enough subject matter in front of me to hit this arbitrary time that I had in my mind. And once I did it, And to say the mistake I made is I got 15 minutes in and I started to flub a line. I couldn't figure it out. And for whatever reason, I just decided the whole thing was garbage. And I stopped and I started over stupid, but it is what it is. It's a good learning experience. But once you get into it and you start realizing that, like I said, time is arbitrary. You don't have to hit a certain number. As long as you're bringing value to your audience, that's what they show up for. So if you do that in 10 minutes, if you do that in 20, whatever, whatever. Give people the reason they showed up and give them the information they want to hear. They're not looking at the exact time. So you don't need to worry about that. But you also have to sit down and get comfortable with being confident. And the way that I do that is I pretend I have one of my listeners in the room with me. I'm not talking to myself. I'm not talking to a little circle on my computer. I'm not talking just into my microphone. I'm at a table with a buddy. I'm talking about something that we're both passionate about. And if I do make a mistake, That's what editing's for. Right. And that's something, yeah, like I don't think a lot of people think on that level. So they go the guest route and it's just so commonly accepted as the way to make a podcast that the solo episodes sometimes get lost. But as I've started this initiative, as I'm building my mastermind and I've talked to people that are in the solo space, the people that are doing it and excelling at it, they get it. They love it. And they say, this is probably better because I'm positioning myself as the resource my audience is looking for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting point and a thing to, um, for me to reflect on. Um, I mean, like when I started this podcast, my favorite mistake, I certainly wasn't doing it as quote unquote, an expert on mistakes and come listen to me as the thought leader on learning from mistakes. Um, Interviewing people was research and an opportunity to learn, you know, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And, you know, I think there's reasons to to, to keep doing it that way. But, you know, I think of um, some of the podcasts I listen to, and um, she's been a guest on here, uh, Kristen Carter. She hosts a show called the I Have ADHD podcast. And it's it's almost always, you know, her monologue speaking talking and and a she she carries an episode well it's interesting it's engaging um but you're right then i mean she is positioning herself as the thought leader in in that space but you know she she does have episodes now where she brings on a guest so i was going to ask you about that like one thing you teach people is that you, you you don't have to be locked in to a rigid format any more than you would have to say, well, Hey, 20 minutes. Oh, time is up. I have to end my podcast. Like, well, right. no, no, you don't, you know, <laughs> or you're right. So there's flexibility around format also though.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you want to bring a thought leader on the show to talk with and, and have a conversation from time to time, absolutely. there's one of the be- beautiful things about podcasting is, I mean, yes, there are some rules, but overall, it's still a little wild, wild west. No one's telling you you have to be on the air for half an hour. No one's telling you you can't bring this person on your show. If you think they're going to bring value to, their, to your audience and you can create a captivating piece of content together, by all means, bring them on the show and let that conversation unfold. My show, pod, uh, Solo Podcasting Simplified. I have guests on that can provide information that I feel listeners are going to get great value from in regards to helping them with solo podcasting. I'm not naive. I know I'm not the only person that knows how to solo podcast, and I want to have that expertise featured because I want my listeners to get the best experience when they tune into the show. So whether that knowledge is coming from me or whether it's coming from my guest or a combination of the two of us having a great conversation. I want listeners walking away satisfied and knowing that when they come back, they're going to continue to get value from each and every episode. So yeah, if it fits your dynamic and if you feel it's going to be impactful for what you're doing, absolutely shake things up and bring somebody on from time to time.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I've talked to people who want just friends, colleagues who had questions about, you know, they were thinking about a lot of people started a podcast during pandemic times, you know, and, um, and good, you know, there's room. Uh, for more and and some people are still doing their podcasts now and that that's great. But I know one one fear people expressed was um, you know about being able to keep on a certain tempo. So I was going to ask you like how they're like oh I don't know if I can do an episode every month or what. But how important is consistency? Whether you're doing let's say a monthly podcast, this one is weekly. How important is that consistency or frequency? How, how important is it to be consistent and when you release the episodes?
1: Consistency is everything, but I will add a caveat to that. Communication is just as important. And if you are putting out a podcast once a week, let's say it goes live every Thursday, you have to think about what your listener is doing to consume that content. If they're accustomed to listening to your podcast on their drive to work, or maybe at their on their on during their morning workout or on a walk before they go to work, you have a responsibility to continue to be there for them. So as they work you, if they hear you and get invested in what you're producing, they're going to work you into their life. If you stop showing up consistently, they're going to find somebody else to replace you. And then it becomes hard to get worked back into the rotation. So you have to be consistent in whatever you're doing, and you don't need to stress yourself out to make consistency work. You just have to look at the time you have available and understand weekly is going to work for me. Maybe bi weekly fits your schedule better. Monthly is probably the max I would ever go. If I'm going to go any further than a month, I'd probably start to rethink how I'm doing podcasting because it's just not enough information to truly get a listener invested. So if you start doing that weekly production and you feel yourself, yourself starting to slip a bit, maybe other priorities are taking over. You want to take a break. You feel yourself needing to take a step back to recharge. That's okay too, but you just have to communicate it to your audience and say, we're going to wrap up here. This is going to be the last show for the, you know, for a month, whatever your time period is, we'll be back at this point with new episodes in the meantime, use this downtime to catch up on what you've missed in the catalog. Give them something to do while you take a break. But you're doing your part to communicate because so many podcasts and you can find a lot of them that have pod faded. We'll see you next week.
0: Right. And
1: then and they never hear from them again. And right. that's the unfortunate part because they just felt like it wasn't doing what they needed it to do. Yeah. And again, that's one of many reasons that they may have walked away. But if you've got a listener that is fully entrenched in what you're doing and then you stop showing up for them, yeah. watch how fast they go find another podcast. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and I think, you know, when, when, when your voice, whether you're solo podcasting or interviewing people, when, when it's quite often being pumped directly into people's ears, like that's a really intimate connection and and relationship. And I, I want, at one point I, I remember somebody recommending, um, you know, because of that, like for one, that's why that you know, this consistency, don't let them down, maybe is important, but something you kind of alluded to of never refer to the listeners, that the only thing that matters is the listener. That's right. You, the one yep. with the earbuds or the headphones on. And I and I slip up. I mean, I make like, is that is that good advice, or it's just a way to think about it or a way to speak to
1: hey listener, that's- hey you. <laughs> That's as good good of advice as I've heard in regards to how you communicate with a podcast audience. Because in it is probably the most rare of cases or scenarios that a group of people are gathering together to listen to a podcast. (laughs) The majority of people consume this content on the go. And on the go could mean a number of different things. Public transit, in the car, on a plane, waiting at the airport, on a walk at the gym, the list goes on and on. And like you said, Mark, you're in their ear. That is an intimate period of time that they are listening to just you. Or if you have a show with a guest to you and your guest, but ultimately they have you in their ear for an extended period of time in a short form driven world that we live in with attention spans being almost to goldfish level at this point. If you've got somebody captivated for that period of time, magic can happen. So you want to make sure that your, your content is delivering. So they keep coming back and they start binging that catalog and they start telling others that they need to do the same. But when you are communicating with your audience, you're speaking to one person. And if you can get yourself dialed in to just speak to that one person, what's going to happen is your content is going to start is going to start attracting listeners just
0: like that one person and that's how you grow yeah so as you've grown and evolved and again our guest is jason sir um as part of the evolution includes a rebranding of a yeah. podcast so i'm kind of h- curious to hear your story about what and how and why this has become solo podcasting simplified
1: So it started with pod theory for me, because when I was getting into this space full time in 2021, I wanted to have I was going to have two podcasts. And the idea was pod theory was designed to help podcasters do better at podcasting, daily tips, strategies, commentary, things of that nature. And then I was going to start a second show and I wanted that it was originally going to be called. And you'll like this because it's very similar to what you do. It was going (laughs) to be called Forged by Failure. And for whatever reason, as I just kept saying that, I felt like maybe it was too negative. Looking back, I think it would have worked. But the idea was to tell the stories of success from the failures that it took to get there. But in cr- cultivating that idea, I came up with another name. I can't even remember what it was. Wired differently or wired perfectly, something like that. And I, and like, the more I said it, that's kind of how I am with things. The more I say it out loud, if I, if it starts to sound, I'm like, okay, that's not it. If it's not. Continuing to roll off the tongue, we're moving on. Right. And that's where evolution of brand was the name that I, that I, it hit me. I'm like, oh, evolution of man, evolution of brand, this works. (laughs) And that's what I ran with is, but, but I also in the creation phase realized that I only had time to do one show. And I had enough demand from people that liked the concept of evolution of brand that I wanted to run with it. And that's what I did. So I put Pod Theory on the shelf. And then as I was going through evolution of brand, as I started looking at clients that it was attracting, I don't think enough people were making the connection Uh because I'm I'm a podcast guy helping people develop podcasts. This is more dedicated to how people have built their brands. I had some people come in from it, but for the most part, it wasn't doing what I needed it to do. And when I decided to make the shift into niching down to solo podcasting specifically, I knew my podcast needed to speak to that. So I had pod theory already developed. It was on the shelf. It was still getting listeners. So I felt like it made no sense to start a third podcast that would be hanging out there while the other two sat on the shelf. Why not rebrand pod theory? Because there's 136 episodes of good podcast content already built. Now we'll just add on to this and keep the focus on the solo side of things. So that was the direction I went with it and put a bow on Evolution of Brand. And I'm so happy that I did that show. I even got a little emotional when I wrapped that one up because I made so many connections. So much good came from it. But I knew for my mission, I needed to be speaking to that solo
0: podcaster. And that's what the new show allows me to do. Mm. And it sounds like with your situation, a rebrand. I mean, it was, it's it's close enough in the ballpark that there could be, you know, that, that you, know, you maintain your current subscribers or followers, Mm -hmm. but people like some might say, okay, well, I'm not a solo podcaster. So thanks Jason. That was great, but I'm okay. I'm out. You know, it's not for me. And you're going to bring some people in who are looking for something more specific, but it's probably in the same ballpark where people wouldn't get mad at you. Like if you took that feed and turned it into uh, a bourbon podcast, people might say, (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. That. Yeah. How to get subscribed (laughs) to
1: this. Yeah, while it could be fun to produce, that again I always think back to that listener experience and I mean, you know, to stick to the same theme, what if I had rebranded Evolution of Brand as that? It wouldn't have made sense. Right. Because right. you hit here those first hundred some episodes or 160 plus episodes and you're like, well, "Wait a minute. This was a weird transition." But Pod Theory having all this information about podcasting, this is more smooth. And starting the third season and just running with it from here and all about solo. Yeah. Like it made more sense to go that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Forged by failure. Um, just back to that for a minute that like, that's a good name and it's, it's positive the the forged part, right? Like to mm-hmm. me, that's, that's positive. It's not just hearing um, failure sob stories. Right. I mean, there, right. to me, there's, there's sort of that, that twist, you know, I think the phrase my favorite mistake born from a Sheryl Crow song, um, you know, there's, there's sort of that twist where it makes people pause like, huh, that's interesting to, to think about a favorite mistake as you and other guests have done. But, you know, I'll tell you, I, I, my, my mistake, I think, like the one thing I've reflected on um, my favorite mistakes, a good phrase, but when people go and try to search for it, it's a SEO nightmare because the Cheryl <laughs> Crow, Crow song, Crow song yeah. dominates now if you yeah. search Apple Podcasts as a separate platform than Apple Music, well, okay, you can find it. Spotify, which has everything kind of all jammed together, somebody would have to search My Favorite Mistake Podcast mm-hmm. to find me. But then there's a question of are they really searching that or are they searching phrases where I would come up with like uh, business mistakes, business failures? Like, well, yeah. then maybe the name's really not that terrible.
1: Well, I, you have one or two options you could – Potentially rebrand and add in my favorite business mistake, mm-hmm. or maybe reach out to Cheryl Crow <laughs> and see if see if you can license the music as your theme sits on, at least leverage it in that capacity. Yeah. But okay. I get it. it. Yeah. That's tough though. I mean, again, I mean, when you're looking to rebrand, it it isn't an easy decision because you put a lot of a lot of sweat equity and a lot of sometimes financial equity as well into building that show into what it is. It has to make total sense. And sometimes it does make more sense to start a separate show if you're going to make that transition, but
0: yeah. yeah. And there's ways of trying to bridge it, right? You tell your existing guests, Hey, I'm starting a new show. Come, please come and find it. And Mm -hmm. some of those people may relocate themselves. Right. That's right. Absolutely. Right. Um, And at least I didn't make a mistake of like, I didn't have to put legal equity into that because my, again, not a lawyer, but my understanding is like you cannot uh copyright or trademark or limit use of a song title, a book title. You you know, somebody else can write a song called My Favorite Mistake. Yeah. Someone else can go write a book. Um uh thing of a celebrity podcaster, I think now, Prince Harry, I think started a podcast, right? So he's mm. in that rare category. But someone else, what's his book called Spare? Someone could write a bowling book called Spare. Right? Yeah. And so I, I wasn't getting the lead. I wouldn't get in the legal trouble with the title. Where I would have gotten in trouble, though, was using any of the music. Like that's right. a different, that would be a different level mistake because the law is different there.
1: Yeah. And, th- and that's a dangerous one because that could lead to your entire podcast getting ripped down. Mm-hmm. And if it gets removed, it's, I, I don't think you can get it back. It's yeah. not, I think that think of years of work and all that effort and one push of a button gone. Yeah it's not it's not pretty,
0: yeah. So you know Jason, uh, Sircone, again, our guest today, I mean is a a great example of positive things sometimes coming out of a mistake. And then, I think, you know, powerfully, being able to build upon the you know the the lessons you've learned through mistakes and turning that into advice and coaching and and support for other podcasters. So to that, you know tell tell people before we wrap up here how people can find you and and how they can sign up for a, a free um, discovery session with you. Jump over
1: to jasoncircone.com. That's the best place to visit. You can connect with me, you can check out my podcast, you can check out my mastermind or like Mark alluded to. Set up a free discovery session. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on starting a solo podcast, or if you already have one in the works or it's out there living and breathing, if you're looking to make improvements, maybe there's some ways that we could work together to make that happen. So jasoncircone.com is the
0: best place to start. Great. And uh, people can find a link in the show notes. So we don't have to play the spelling game. And I hope people will come and, and go... Uh, go find you through the website here. So uh, we got through it, not to jinx it at the end. No sneezes, no <laughs> coughs. I no knew me- once again, it's typically when
1: I start talking and my mind's not on it, that it does not come up. So yeah.
0: praise the Lord, we got another clean recording out of, yeah. out, of our, out of the yeah. world. <laughs> well, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful um, you could be the guest here and share with us today, Jason. Uh, this has been fun. So thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Mark. I appreciate the opportunity to join you. And as your listeners may or may not know, our pre-call that set this up all started with a mistake. So it was Kismet <laughs> that we didn't come together for today's conversation.
0: <laughs> so I wasn't going to rub that in your face. So it wasn't a major mistake. Um, I'll put a link, you know. I mean, I should have because uh, we we had a good ex- exchange on, on LinkedIn where, you know, um, I, I, sh- I should put a link to this in the um the show notes. I should have asked you about this, but um yeah, so actually so here bonus content. Let's 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 we don't have the time constraint, right? That's right. Your show, <laughs> um, Mark, you run the you run that time to wherever you want it to go. Okay. So I'm going to tell part of the story from my perspective, then I'll have you jump in and share from your perspective, Jason. So we had a pre-call scheduled at 12:45 or 11:45. I'm
1: gonna say 1245. Let's yeah, I, think, I think it was 1145 my time. So oh, which is eleven forty-five
0: my time. So yeah. my my mistake. So it's scheduled for eleven forty-five and 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 I got on and you know um no Jason. It was like getting to be five, 10 minutes later. And I, I you know, I I I asked for people's cell phone numbers. Like I should have texted you, I should have reached out. I, I and um I thought, well, you know, something comes up, right? This happens. Did I email you? You had sent me a message. Well, that was the thing. You had sent
1: me a message on LinkedIn earlier in the morning saying, looking forward to chatting with you about the show. And I responded likewise. And not realizing that the time for our call was 1145 or 1245, whichever it was, not top of the hour. I thought it was for noon. And I had, and it's funny, you said you should have texted me. I had my phone turned off because I was shooting a video. <laughs> uh, okay. And when uh, I do that, I turn off all the distractions and fine. I just remember I was getting frustrated because there's this one part of my video that I could not get right. And it was, and I kept looking at the clock going, I'm never going to get this done. I'm about to start over because I got this call with Mark at noon, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I got it done in the nick of time, got it saved. It was like 11 59. And then I looked at my phone and it said the meeting had been canceled.
0: Right. Oh, so yeah, right. So what? I canceled it. And then I think you actually, here's what I remember. You reached out to me before I sent the message out to you. Uh, you know, I, I was going to say, well, hey, if something came up, we'll reschedule. Like, I wasn't mad yeah. at you. Well, as I shot you a message
1: on LinkedIn and said, hey, did this get canceled? And then I went and looked at my calendar and like, okay, I screwed up here. And that was, I, I responded using you saying, yep, this is on me. Thought the meeting was at noon, not at 1145. And Thankfully, you were gracious enough to realize that it was a mistake and we were able to connect and have a good talk. And here we are today
0: creating a good podcast. So it all worked out,
1: but well, started it, with a
0: mistake. So it did. Nice. And then part of how it worked out, and I wrote a blog post about this. And again, not ripping Jason because he was a no show. <laughs> that was not the thing. But as as I shared in the blog post, and then we had some exchange about you were not the first person to be tripped up by a time like my scheduling system allows something to start at 15 or 45 past an hour. And that system sends reminders. It sends a calendar invite, but mm-hmm. I've been tripped up by meetings that don't start at the top or bottom of the hour. Cause I misread the crammed together calendar on my phone. Right? So yeah. you weren't the first, I <laughs> have made that mistake more than once where I either showed up early or even worse showed up late so the, the 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 action for me then was like why like I could go change the Calendly settings to only allow meetings to start at zero zero of an hour or thirty like that's yeah. going to eliminate that problem I think from happening again in the future so yeah. um, you know maybe I should have made had that reaction sooner but finally something clicked in like I can prevent that mistake and uh, we're better off
1: for it. I'm glad I was able to help. And today it was early, so it all worked out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, this has been a lot of fun. So, okay, little Great. little bonus chat. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a miss on my part. Um, no problem. I, I think there's a good lesson there. So, again, yeah. uh, Jason. Good Cercon, lesson, a good story. Good lesson, good story. Thank you for that. So, um, Jason Sircone, you can learn more, jasonsircone.com. You can find him on LinkedIn. Check out solo pasta. Oh, so my boy, there's a mistake. I'm going to limp to a close here. Not solo pasta, solo podcasting simplified.
1: I am Italian, so I have had my fair share of solo pastas. So that works too.
0: It all tracks. All right. Thanks again, Jason. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Well, thanks again to Jason for being such a great guest today. To learn more about him, for a link to his podcast, his services, and more, you can look in the show notes or go to markgraven.com mistake234. As always, I want to thank you for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to reflect on your own mistakes, how you can learn from them or turn them into a positive. I've had listeners tell me they started being more open and honest about mistakes in their work. And they're trying to create a workplace culture where it's safe to speak up about problems because that leads to more improvement and better business results. If you have feedback or a story to share, you can email me, myfavoritemistakepodcast at gmail.com. And again, our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com.